children are a heritage from children are a heritage from children are a heritage from children are a Children are a heritage from the Lord. Well, welcome to the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast. I am your host for this episode, Joshua Jenkins, and I am joined here uh, by Drew Kaler, whose last name I mispronounced at our rally. He is our director of social media for Abolish Abortion Missouri, and uh, we are here today drew to talk about the rally that we just had at the capitol we want to yes. recap the rally let everybody know how it went and uh thank everybody for coming so first drew uh thanks for jumping on this podcast with me how are you doing today oh doing good man i appreciate it uh yeah the rally was uh it's my first time doing something like that and uh i was a lot more nervous than i probably needed to be but uh, knowing that you guys were uh, a little bit more familiar with the process and that there were people that uh, particularly like Wes, who has been to the Capitol, gosh, how, I don't even know how many times in his life. Uh, yeah. It was uh, it was a lot easier than uh, I had imagined. And, and I definitely recommend anybody that has never been to one and, and, and has never been to the Capitol. I mean, I think you really owe it to yourself to experience that. Yeah, Wes, he's there during session every Wednesday, just about. So he's very familiar with the Capitol, very familiar with a lot of the legislators and their assistants talking with them in their offices. So it's great uh, to have his expertise in, in navigating and knowing what to do there. Uh, you did mention there, it was your first time at one of our rallies. Um, maybe if you have any more thoughts on how it was, just general thoughts, we'll go through some specific things to recap but just generally, what was it like there for your first time? And then I'll explain. I'll give a, some of my thoughts, having been there uh, several years in a row now after you go. Sure. Yeah. So um, I wasn't really sure what to expect uh, in regard to the amount of people that were going to show up. I know we had been kind of pushing it out there for for a little while on social media. I I expected I expected probably a half or even a third of of what showed up. So I, I was very impressed by the amount of people that wanted to be involved in this, that wanted to engage uh, our representatives and uh, the senators there. Um, I love that the outpouring, like the showing of of families was uh, very touching. I, I really appreciated seeing folks bring their kids. Uh, sometimes, I mean, we're talking whole families for some of these folks. I'm talking maybe five, six kids, uh, you know, all very much invested in this process. There were um, there were some moments, I think, that were maybe a little overwhelming or confusing, uh, maybe on the outset, just like what we were doing, where necessarily, like everybody was going and what needed to be done. But I think overall, we were able to follow along and uh, and just like when when I showed up and you were there, our assignment was to go up to the third floor and to try to hit some of the uh, representative offices that uh, hadn't been reached yet to invite them to the rally. And so it was very easy for me to just kind of fall in line and and to go do uh, what you were doing. And and I was actually very impressed with uh, not only how you engaged with the um, the senators that we did talk to. 
Uh, but I was also impressed by their response. Now, I, I did hear that there were a few that were a little aggressive. Uh, I wasn't a part of those processes, but uh, overall, they were they seemed to be uh, in general pretty receptive to hearing what we had to say and and you know receiving the invite. Um, there was the one. Uh, I think it was the one of the first offices that you and I went to. One of the uh, receptionists, or it may have, may have been a legal aide, uh, was asking about who had paid for the booklets that we were giving yeah. out. And I wasn't totally sure. I think what that was about. If that was something about like, uh, if they received it, it would be some sort of an endorsement. Maybe you already kind of knew what she was uh, hinting at with that question. Yeah, they had. That was actually an issue last year as well. We had some other little books that we were handing out. I can't remember which ones, but some of the offices will maybe if they're more resistant to the issue, they kind of, there are, there are certain rules. I don't know the details of the rules about gifts that they can and can't receive. Oh, sure, sure. And so some of them are going to be very um, hesitant to accept anything that could be seen as, you know, a full maybe cost. 10, 20 bucks. I don't know. So that's, that's kind of where that was coming from. Um, nothing that we were giving violated any of those rules. Of course, Wes knows all those things and checks sure. all them out. But uh, yeah, some of those assistants, maybe if they're more hostile to a certain cause, we'll kind of use that maybe as kind of a way to try not to accept things or whatever, or maybe, maybe some of them is, is genuine. Uh, not quite sure what the rules are, but but yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good showing. I would say uh, for my, I want to say this is probably the fifth year that we've, that I've been a part of it. 2017 or 2018 was the first year they had a rally. I think 2019 was when I first got involved and it has been just steadily growing each year. Um, and this, awesome. I think certainly was the best rally that we've had. The last two years were very well attended, and nice. this, I think, just bumped up just a little bit more than last year, and everyone's kind of familiarity and participation increased, and so that was good to see. Um, I'm not good at estimating numbers. I don't know if you if you had a good estimate on what you thought the numbers were for the rally. I, if I had to guess, I'd say 150 to 200 people, somewhere in that range. Does that yeah, sound I think about I was right being a little bit more yeah I think I was a little more generous in my estimations uh, I I think overall uh I would have guessed probably closer to three or maybe 250 I mean we certainly we certainly packed out the rotunda there was there was basically I mean there were people standing so not everybody although I did see there were a few seats open and typically in the front people don't like to be on display so they won't necessarily go right up to the front but um yeah, I think uh, mm -hmm. I think anywhere probably we're probably safe to say anywhere between 200 and 250, and that may be a little lenient, but uh, a great great showing. I mean, just just looking at the pictures that I took and some that I had posted on our Twitter account and on our Facebook account, uh, I mean, it just it looks like it's a packed house, and uh, I think that that sends a very clear message to the folks that uh, may be curious or may be opposed to abolition that uh, we are growing a number. There are more people that are serious about this than just a small handful of folks that show up to the Capitol uh, to engage. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, according to what I've heard so far, it was impactful. I believe Senator Moon was very pleased about the way that the the rally went. Um, I really, I'll tell you, I really appreciated the fact that we got to lay hands on and pray for him and uh, Representative Sparks. I believe, uh, I believe Justin yep. is a representative. Justin yeah. Sparks. Yeah. So uh, that was a really, I feel, a very touching um, display of love and grace, and uh, and I think that uh, I think that speaks volumes, and and hopefully it instills a sense of righteous jealousy in some ways with these other senators and representatives that uh, there are people that are that we love you know we love these people we support them uh, so much more than just voting for them I mean we are we are laying hands on and praying for these people uh, it is far more significant than just a uh, you know hey you got my vote buddy I you know I'll take care of you like we no we love you we want God to to honor uh, to you know honor his word through you we want him to to bless and and give us the confidence that uh, we need to to tackle the issue of abolition no that, that's a great point because as christians we are called to honor those in authority and submit to them in a righteous way and we can be viewed maybe as uh to people who are opposed to our our movement or our views we can be viewed as more of a you know, this crazy, you know, anarchist group, whatever, but far from that is, is what we re we desire and long for godly Christian rulers like Mike Moon, legislators like him, who we are overjoyed to honor and support and show respect where it's due. Amen. So that, that, that's a, that's a good thought there. Um, and yeah, good witness to others. This, we want to show you this kind of love and respect. And even in our disagreements with certain ones, we we still want to show respect and honor in our disagreements. Absolutely. Um, let's back up a moment and walk through some of the the uh, events of the day. You mentioned we first got there in the morning, a group of us uh, around 10 o'clock, 1030, and we had enough people there that showed up that early to split up into smaller groups to be able to go around, visit the legislators' offices, uh, pass out some abolitionist material, including uh, Brett Baggett's new book on the role of the civil government. Yes, yes. And uh, you mentioned uh, the fairly uh, well receptions that we received in, in the offices, at least our experiences. Uh, you mentioned uh, it was Wes who had a, a more uh, hostile encounter, but that's to be expected with with some some offices. Sure. Um, one of the things about that going around to the offices that I thought was very neat was we had a uh, lady in our group with us and we were finishing up the hall, uh, the wing of the hall that we were on. And the last office was an office of a Democrat uh, legislator. Yes. yes. Typically, we kind of pass over those because we know they're not at all pro-life in any way, so not receptive at all. But she really wanted to go in there anyway to plant the seed and to be a witness. And so absolutely, we said, go in and do it. And she did. And faithfully, uh, I know that in there, she kind of gave her testimony of what she's experienced with abortion now coming to this position. So even something like that, where it may seem politically unfruitful, spiritually was being faithful and planting seeds. And who knows? 
uh, what God can do with that. Well, and the uh, it and it was uh, it was the chief of staff for this particular senator, and uh, I was I was very impressed with the way he received her testimony. Um, you know, it, it could have been very much a situation where they had just asked us simply, no, we are not interested. Please step out. You know, don't bother us. We're here to do business. I mean, there, there could have been a thousand excuses for, for why he wouldn't give her the time of day to hear. Uh, but her touching testimony, her personal touching testimony regarding abortion, uh, I just, I watched his eyes uh, and I watched the way that he listened to her testimony. And, uh, and I know that she got a little emotional too, which is obviously that's a, you know, it is a, one of the things that, that many people don't really talk about are the after effects of an abortion and what it does to the mind and what it does to a person, uh, how they're having, you know, essentially haunted with this decision that, that they've been made. And, uh, you know, it does a lot of damage that only the Lord can really heal, uh, no amount of psychology and psychiatry, or drugs are going to really get you to numb that out because it is, it's the taking of a life. And so anyway, I say all that to, to just say that, uh, his reception of her was moving. Um, and it was very respectful and I do hope, and I do believe in God's providence. And so there, there very well be, that could be that guy's testimony five years down the road where he, uh, embraces the Lord uh, where he gives up his, you know, position of pro-choice, and uh, and really turns to follow Jesus and become an abolitionist. We never know what uh, the testimony of the Lord can do uh, as we pr- present the gospel. So I, my prayer is for him and for his office and for that representative uh, that the Lord would draw them to repentance. Absolutely, and it's a good reminder of one of our fundamental tenets of abolitionism that that of the centrality of the gospel in our approach to this issue. So we are not neutral. We are specifically coming not only with the law of God and the justice that he demands in his word, but also with the good news of Jesus Christ, that there has been murder, there has been sin committed, there has been injustice perpetuated by our authorities, but there is a redeemer, there is a savior who can forgive sins. And so because that is a fundamental principle for our approach that we need to always be reminded of and refreshed in. Therefore, we can go to the pro-choice side, the Democrats, those who are very hostile, and do so with confidence, uh, trusting God's sovereignty that it's his word that will not return void. Um, That doesn't mean everyone's going to receive it and be saved, but his word will have their effect, will have its effect on their lives one way or the other. So it's a good, good reminder for us uh, to always have the gospel front and center as we deal with these issues. Um, the other part of the uh, morning activities as we were visiting offices, we also wanted to specifically visit with Senator Coleman, Elizabeth Coleman, who, as folks know, who have been following the issues here, she is the committee chair of the committee, which the uh abolition bill senate bill 775 is currently sitting in and right now it's all up to her on whether she gives the bill a hearing or not she can let it die by doing nothing or she can allow it to have a hearing and so we wanted to specifically talk with her 
we wanted to have an extended conversation with her and ask her once again to give it a hearing. So we had a group of people uh, go to her office waiting outside patiently for her. And a um, friend of ours who does some abolition work named Kanoa, he was going to go in and speak with her, be the one to interview her and see if he could have a conversation. We're waiting outside the office for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Eventually she comes out, but she comes immediately out, speed walking down the hall, uh, not wanting a conversation at all, at all. Kanoa is trying to walk up with her and talk with her while walking. And eventually she goes down to the next floor into another room where we, again, wait outside and we're waiting and waiting. Probably, I want to say 45 minutes to an hour on that second floor waiting for her to come out. And eventually we find out she had left through a different back door in that room she had went into. So we didn't get a chance to to uh, speak with her and she did not want to speak. So that was disappointing from a pragmatic sense, but also a good thing nonetheless that she was pressed again just with our presence there and our, our desire to speak with her. Hopefully her conscience was pricked in some way to know that there is support and we do are, we are calling upon her to give it a hearing. So I don't know if you had any thoughts on, on Senator Coleman's response or, or lack. Yeah, I, uh, I do actually. Um, I think it's, it's unfortunate because the, the interaction that was, that took place uh, was a very respectful uh, and a very simple interaction. It was not, uh, it was not, uh, Kanoa did not appear to be demanding, uh, anything now, you know, for those who don't know Kanoa, he's, you know, he's got a, a Mohawk. He, he may be <laughs> a little intimidating for some in the, uh, in the way that he, uh, presents himself, but, but he is by far not a very, uh, aggressive man. And his, his simple question was, was basically, will you come out here and tell these people why you won't? support senate bill 775 uh, and it was and it was simply that it was it wasn't a long laundry list of demands uh, just come out these people are here to talk to you uh, they're here to um to hear from you and and kanoa particularly is a constituent in the district of senator coleman yep so uh you would think that the response would be more uh more motivated to hear from one of her constituents. And so, you know, he ultimately asks as as she's walking away and uh, avoiding the question, he just says, you know, you say that you are uh, honest and transparent or you're, you're clear, open and honest, I believe is the words that he said. Um, you know, we want to hear an open and honest uh, uh, take from you. Why is this happening? And uh, I think it speaks volumes that she was unwilling to interact because she could have simply she could have simply said something even appeasing you know to try to get us you know to get the folks that are there to disperse but she didn't even really try to do that and i think the silence is louder than an, an even uh in you know disingenuous response i would have probably appreciated more a disingenuous response than just the silence i think it speaks to the fact that she knows in her heart um, what is right. I think I do believe 
that, uh, you know, as a, I believe she is a professing Catholic. I do think that that's, you know, the Catholic church on par is pretty against abortion. I know that there are, you know, outliers, but I do think that she knows the truth of abolition. I think that she knows what she's doing by keeping the, um, the bill kind of in a, in a state of suspension. And, um, I do believe that, uh, you know, because of her desire for federal uh, Congress and, and and the Senate up there in Washington, I think that uh, she's really hoping to use this as a platform to further her political career. And I just I think that she's going about it the wrong way. Um, I'm glad it happened the way that it did. I'm disappointed that it didn't um, it didn't bear the fruit that we had hoped. Yeah. You know, the thing that it's surprising and yet not surprising at the same time, but the thing that's a bit surprising to me is simply by giving this bill a hearing is not her necessarily endorsing the bill. It's just acknowledging, hey, this is a bill that is deserving of being debated further and uh, we'll give it a chance because there's a whole lengthy process of how you uh, pass a bill into law. And so her allowing a hearing is not her endorsing it. So if she's not in favor of the bill, which she's not, she could she could even say that, you know, I and have that influence over the committee. I I don't recommend this bill, but I'm going to give it a hearing and allow the debate to happen. You know, it's it's not surprising. And yet it's like it seems like that's something that would make sense to do, you know, instead of being the one person that is going to single handedly kill the bill. So we still hope there's still time uh, till the end of session in May where we could still receive a hearing. Uh, and so we continue to pray for that. And uh, to those listening, continue uh, during this session to to call, contact the office, visit if you're able to, and uh, focus that on Senator Coleman, who can give the bill a hearing. Um now, so that those were the activities of the morning, visiting the offices, talking with uh, senators and other people there. Um, any other thoughts on the morning activities before we move on to some of the highlights of the rally? Yeah, I think that uh, so a, a little personal uh, anecdote. My 14 year old son was with us. Uh, he came out and was carrying signs and and being a part of it, which I you know very much appreciate. And uh, he he said that as he was, I believe he was on the second floor uh, past the rotunda and he had had his sign out and it was uh, visible to the first floor. And uh, according to him, uh, he he got a nice derogatory middle finger from a young lady uh, for for the sign that he was holding. Uh, and, you know, there was a school group, I think, that was meeting uh, that same day that were getting a tour of the Capitol. I, I can only assume that maybe it could have been one of the students out there uh, doing that sort of thing. But um, it was interesting. I mean, uh, I expected a little bit more pushback from folks, and I didn't really see that very much, uh, at least from my perspective. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, with all of the and if you guys want to to check out just some of the vitriol that we've been receiving since uh, this rally. If you go to our, our Twitter account, it's uh, AA Missouri. And uh, we, I posted a few videos there and some pictures. And boy, I'll tell you, the comments are, uh, it, they're very telling of what we are up against with some of these folks. However, 
it kind of dawned on me that, you know, no matter how loud these people are on social media, none of them made an effort to come counter protest, uh, to be disruptive to the rally. And it just seems like it's a convenient place to be. Uh, to be online and disparaging things uh, and even supporting things sometimes. You know, I think we should all look at this in in the way that we uh, interact with folks, uh, especially with causes that we are passionate about. But if you're just going to say something without any action, you may as well just find something else to do. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me uh, to be so uh, outwardly uh, against this sort of thing. And yet, you know, you're not even rallying up enough uh, people to to support you and, and to speak against us. Like, I don't know, it was I think that was the most encouraging part of the whole thing was that seeing how many people did show up, how many people were just genuinely wanting to be involved in the process uh, to have their voices heard and uh, and the lack of the lack of of people physically there that didn't support what we did. It was just kind of a, a weird dynamic. Right. Yeah. It shows the importance of taking those action steps in real life and real life interactions. You know, obviously there's real individuals behind social media accounts and there's an important place for having that online presence and voice, but that's a very small portion of where, where, you know, it's, it's not where the action takes place. And so actually showing up and, being that witness to the legislative body is is something that speaks volumes because you know many of them a number of them probably don't even spend time they don't even waste time looking through things on social media and so in terms of legislators and so actually being there as a physical presence and witness it it, it speaks volumes certainly does absolutely uh, speaking of which, let's move now to the rally. Uh, several of us noticed a certain individual there uh, who I, I noticed him as the rally was just a beginning to start. He was uh, uh, walking around with his phone phone filming uh, people yeah. <laughs> and filming the signs and different things. And he had a little microphone hook, hooked up to it. He was talking into... He was obviously a Jewish person. Not that that really matters with the uh, cap. He was on wearing his, his yarmulke. So I mean, yeah. yes, that we we're not just making it up, saying like, <laughs> oh, well, he looked Jewish, like he was literally wearing his hat. So he was, yeah, he was proclaiming that to everyone. Yes, uh, by his clothing. And uh, what did you did we find out anything about who this gentleman was? Because no, none of us there seemed to know who he was. And we're a little bit suspicious. You know, you have someone walking around with a camera filming people. It's a little bit suspicious. Yeah, I think we did uh, determine. I think uh, one of our board members actually had recognized this individual from um, a prior engagement at maybe one of the hearings for a, a previous bill. I believe somebody even said that he may have spoken uh, as a testimony against the bill either last year or two years ago. Uh, and he allegedly has ties to some uh, Satanist slash drag queen uh, folks that are very against uh, abortion mill ministry, against uh, abolition in general. 
Um, and so it, to me, my guess is that, uh, he's, he's gathering Intel, uh, you know, as, as people tend to do when they don't like something, they, they, they do this process called doxing, which is essentially, let me find out who this person is. Let me get a hold of their social media accounts. And if they say anything disparaging or anything, the, 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 the culture would disapprove of quote unquote, um, they will turn that information into someone's work, uh, maybe even to their family, maybe even to their church. Uh, and this process is, uh, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't want to sound like I know for sure that he's going to do that, but I do know that people in the past have done these sort of things uh, because they feel like, well, this will be the intimidation factor that will get people to stop doing the thing that I don't like. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we in the future see some sort of either video montage or some sort of expose uh, trying to dox some of the folks that were there, which I, you know, I think is silly because it's certainly no one was wearing like costumes. No one was like (laughs) hidden from, I mean, it's a very public place. It's the people's house. Um, There were tons of people filming. I, I believe even end abortion now had a film crew there. So it wasn't really like we're meeting in secret. So I'm not totally sure what the motivation of this this man is. So, yeah, I'm not uh, overall looking at what uh, the actions of this guy, uh, you know, not trying to say that I know for sure what he's going to be doing, but it does seem that uh, he may have some nefarious intent. But uh, I guess the time will tell, the future will tell whether or not uh, he will. Yeah. And that's right. And as Christians, you know, it's our job to proclaim Christ openly out in the public square and without fear. And that is, that's what Christians have been doing since the book of Acts and the apostles publishing Christ and him crucified. And uh, so we're not going to stop doing that. And if we get further broadcasting of that public message, then praise, praise God for it, mm-hmm. even if it comes through. Uh, attacks of the enemy. Um, now you mentioned, uh, or maybe implied that there were other cameras there. Well, not only him, uh, there was also a local news station. I think it was a local ABC affiliate there in Jefferson city. Mm-hmm. They were there covering uh, events of the day at the Capitol and included our rally and uh, pretty, pretty good fair coverage. I, I watched the little video that they aired on the nightly news. Uh, yeah. What did you think about that? Yeah, I thought that, man, I, I, you know, <laughs> most of, I've been following Dusty Deavers kind of his career path over in Oklahoma and his, his interactions that he's been having. Uh, and particularly with his introduction of their abolition bill, um, the coverage that, that he has been receiving has been very negative and very uh, one-sided with the narrative towards pro-choice, you know, uh, and and really disgust with abolition. Uh, and so I kind of expected that going into watching this interview. But um, aside from the Democratic representative that they spoke to, who was speaking, you know, negatively against uh, SB 775, honestly, I feel like they, they were very fair. Um, Wes did a fantastic job kind of laying out uh i mean he argued that it is that it's murder i mean people all over the state are going to hear that that uh, we want equal protection uh the same protection that uh a an adult 
person or a toddler would get outside of the womb. We want that same uh, constitutional protection for the children that are inside of the womb as well. Yeah, it was usually, I mean, the way they do those news broadcasts, you know, it's just little sound bites from the people they interview. You don't get the full context of everything, but the good, the the sound bites from Wes were all, were all very accurately representing our position. And it's honestly a good positive message that we want out there. If you have to put out a sound bite, those were the right types of sound bites Absolutely. to be publicly broadcasted. Um, the other thing about the rally, you, you, you mentioned it at the beginning when you were just generally talking about some of your thoughts. Uh, one of the things that we've done there and uh, we think are important as Christians gathering together for, for this cause is to include praise to our God and singing uh, songs of of praise to him as we gather together in his name and hear his word respond in song of thanksgiving and prayer we sang a number of psalms and uh, a couple other hymns as well and it was beautiful i mean you when you have a full rotunda there and the way the the sound just carries throughout the rotunda and the capitol building is remarkable oh yeah it gives a glorious sound and that in and of itself, uh, we, we've noticed the past couple of years, and I saw it again this year, you have other senators or people there at the Capitol who are not a part of the rally, but they're walking around, they hear this, and they'll yes. look down from a higher floor, and just even if they don't agree with our message, they can't help but recognize the beauty of uh, what Christians singing God's praise sounds like. Amen. And, you know, and I, I'd like to also point out, in addition to that, and I know Jeff Durbin pointed it out during his uh, speech, but the halls of the Capitol are are paved with uh, scripture. I mean, there is just, uh, uh, it is it is such a, it's such an interesting thing when you think about how much they've tried to push God out of these government buildings and our, our legislative places. Uh, and yet, really, in order to do that, you would have to you would have to just remove those those walls. You'd have to, you know, deface what is really a be- the the Missouri State Capitol is a beautiful building. Um, and even Pastor Durbin, uh, you know, talked about that in comparison to Arizona's Capitol. Uh, he, he said something. I think it like it looks like a storefront compared to this one, <laughs> or something like that. Yep. Like. Um, yeah, it, I, I did notice that. I noticed as we were singing that there were people that would stop and that they would look down. And I even noticed, I don't know if you did, Josh, but there were some security guards that were uh, coming up. And I don't think that they were just watching to make sure we weren't doing anything crazy. I actually think that they were partaking in the songs themselves. Uh, and it was just, I mean, and even the the response that uh, some of our guys got from the security teams uh, in relation to our interactions with folks, uh, they were all very positive and they were all very much like, hey, we, you know, kind of like we appreciate what you guys are doing. So I do wonder, uh, but man, you know, God is going to providentially pierce the hearts of some of those people if they aren't believers. Um, and hopefully he pierces it towards repentance uh, and not further condemnation over their consciences. Uh, but, you know, time will tell. I just, I, it was very beautiful. It was. And, I think it's a good representation of the positive aesthetic of of the Christian worldview is that it's not only just cold facts and cold truth, 
but it's beautiful truth. And the truth Amen. is adorned with beauty of holy living and beautiful singing and, you know, modest clothing or whatever, you know, uh, families together. Uh, that's all part of the appeal of what the Christian aesthetic is. And it, and all of that counts as witness to, to the world. So they can see those things, see uh, families together, see and hear beauty. And that's one of those things the Lord can use to draw people to himself and to see the consistency and the fruit of the Christian worldview. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the One of the things that stood out to me with, of course, all of the speakers did a wonderful job, great, clear messages, convicting and powerful. Uh, obviously, Jeff Durbin is is phenomenal speaker and has been a great influence to so many of us. Oh, uh, Absolutely. You know, I'm an abolitionist because of the uh, Babies Are Murdered Here documentary that he was a part of years ago when I first saw that. And uh, so many people have similar testimonies. Um, one of the things that stood out to me from the speakers was from Senator Mike Moon. He has he was uh, very vulnerable in a in a in a good way um, yes. in, when he was uh, giving his uh, speech there. And one of the things he he freely and openly talked about was the fact that it's very lonely at the Capitol when you are principled and consistent, standing for. Uh, not only the the unborn with the abolition bills that he's had, but all the different constitutional issues and uh, Christian issues he stood for. And he mentioned how, um, you know, he's been betrayed multiple times, people who are supposed to be on his side on different bills and issues, and how he even said very boldly, I thought he had a lot of courage to say, uh, Satan walks these halls. Yes, we're not boy. among... We're not among friends here. And that's that's one of those things that is like people won't say, even if they believe that, because it's a political it's it's death to your political career. Yeah. And yet there is Mike Moon reelected again year after year because his people love him. They recognize the work he's doing. And so he talked about in all of that, the fact of spiritual warfare in this fight. It's not just a neutral political uh, give and take, but it's real spiritual battle and he has felt that and experienced that and so to circle back to your uh commenting on the laying of hands on him and representative sparks and prayer for them that was a very significant moment and uh important recognition that we are relying on the spirit of god to fight against not flesh and blood but principalities and powers and and those types of things yeah, one of the things uh, I kind of regret that I didn't get any photos of the laying on of hands. Uh, I'm sure someone out there does. So if you guys are, if anybody here listening has pictures of that, please send them to um, go. If you go to our website, uh, there should be a contact uh, or you can send it. Uh, let's see. You could send it straight on Twitter to me, the uh, AA Missouri, but I would really like to get a photo of that uh, to put up because I, I think it was a very touching moment. Uh, and, you know, I was praying, so I didn't want to stop praying just to uh, just to take a photo. But, you know, I do kind of regret that uh, I don't have a photo yet. So please help me out. Anybody that uh, has that, please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Drew, do you have any other thoughts on the rally as we kind of wrap things up here? Or pretty um, much. 
Yeah, I well, you know, first of all, Josh, I want to say, and and this was um uh, this this was said to me by my senior pastor, and you know, we we held an event here in Blue Springs at our church uh, the week prior to the rally. And, um, you know, you got to come out and speak and give your uh, biblical arguments for abolition. Uh, and my my senior pastor, who is not an abolitionist, so, hey, you know, awesome that he supports uh, me as the youth pastor there and, you know, and a potential elder at some point, uh, which is kind of uh, in the pipeline. But uh, he had very, very positive things to say about your presentation. So I want you to know um, that uh, that was very well uh, you you argued very well for the abolition. So for a non-abolitionist to say, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good presentation. You know, my prayer is for him to uh, to come around to the abolition side. But uh, if he doesn't, and that's okay, um, you know, God is still going to have His way. But I will say that uh, if you guys have never been to a rally, if you've never been to the to the state capitol, um, it is a uh, it can seem like an intimidating experience. But it isn't. And the people that are there are normal people uh, like me and you, and they are willing to converse. And, you know, there's there's really ultimately we just need to continue to pray for boldness. Uh, we need to continue to pray for Senator Moon uh, in what he's doing and the attacks, because from what I've been hearing since that day, uh, there are some people that are pretty angry with him thinking that he and his group set this thing up and and made it to where, you know, as a gotcha moment on so many of these folks. And it really is not the case. This is a rally that has been planned. Our organization had put this together um, and uh, just, it was very well done. So um, get involved as much as you can. If you need to, if you can find an abortion mill to go to, to preach the gospel, do that. Uh, and and next time that we have one of these rallies at the Capitol, let's let's even let's pack it out to where we have standing room only, and even on the second floor, even the third floor, that would be great. Absolutely, and we do want to just again thank all of you listeners who were there for attending. Uh, cannot be overstated how much we appreciate you coming out, and not for our sake, but for the sake of the glory of God there in our Capitol and declaring, as it was said over and over again the crown rights of Jesus Christ here in Missouri and at our state capitol, and as a great witness to our legislators and anyone else who happened to be there at the capitol uh, during that day. So yep. we thank you guys so much for, for being there and, and giving your support. And a uh, couple things in wrapping up that I want to invite you all to do, uh, listeners, is one, we have on our website, the we have a pastor's petition uh, which is a statement of support for SB 775 and the abolition of abortion in general. And we are calling upon all Missouri pastors and elders of churches to sign and put their name to that if you can support that. If you're not a pastor, pass it along to your pastor and elders or any others that you uh, know of. And so please sign that, pass it along, and uh, we'd love to see the list of pastors in Missouri supporting abolition continue to grow because uh, we need the church. We need the church's leaders to continue to push this forward. And then as well, uh, continue the calls, as we've said, uh, particularly to Senator Coleman, ask her uh, with gentleness and respect and yet courage, please give this bill a hearing. Let's have a debate. Let's hear it out. And all oh, your local representatives continue to get to know them, contact them, and maybe in the future, 
you can persuade and influence them to be someone who does uh, sponsor an abolition bill in, in the future if they don't get an opportunity for this one. Um, and then the last thing I'll say too, Drew, you mentioned the conference we had at your church a couple weeks ago. Uh, we are open to doing those. We've done a few of those now. And so if you are somewhere in the state of Missouri and your church is willing to host and you've got a group that wants to learn more, um, please reach out to us on social media or through our website contact. Or if you know us personally, reach out to us and we'd love to get something set up uh, if your church would be willing to host or any, any other good venue for it, uh, even if it's not a church building. And so please reach out. We'd love to continue to spread the message that way as well. Um, with that, Drew, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving the rundown and the recap of the rally. It was good to uh, be there and to walk through it again here with you on the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. We appreciate you guys listening. Abortion must be abolished. Amen.